Welcome to the Get Inspired with GERD show, brought to you by GERD's Hundle. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired. Hello and welcome to another show of Get Inspired with Guns. I'm your host and today I have a sensational guest with me who's challenging the norms of society with not only her words of wisdom but also through her poetry. She's an absolute talented young lady. I just can't wait to have her on the show. Jasper Court is a talent poet. She's better known as Behind the Netra for her poetry. She's also a history teacher by day, which is pretty astounding. And her poetry is kind of based on topics relating to gender issues, historical thoughts and taboo subjects within the Asian community and wider society. I've seen a lot of um, Jaspreet's videos on YouTube and they're absolutely unbelievable. I'm blown away by what she's saying. I know you guys will be exactly the same and this is why I've I've brought her on the show today. Um, Just listen to what she's got to say because I think it's so powerful for you to understand how to unleash your words through your story. Jasper, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on my radio show and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been excited for this for quite some time, so I'm really happy to get the opportunity to speak with you today. Oh, bless you. No, I've just, I've watched a lot of your YouTube videos and they're very empowering, especially for young women in particular in this generation. And I just wanted to ask you for kind of the first question is, where did your unique style of poetry come from? And when, how old were you when you first discovered your passion for words? Yeah, well, well um, it's quite quite a long story, actually. It's, it, I started writing poetry when I was about 13, 14. I was, oh, wow. I was quite young. I'm 23 now, so I've been writing for quite a while. Um, and at that point, it was simply a way for me to kind of release a lot of the feelings I was feeling at that point in time and just, yeah, a form of release for me. Um, and at that time, it wasn't an idea for me to kind of perform it publicly or turn it into spoken word at that point it was just to release any emotions I was feeling um a lot of it was negative emotions that I kind of just needed to release because I was bottling them up and not really speaking about them in other ways so it kind of started like that um and then over the years kept writing about different topics that were coming to my mind and things that I was passionate about um and this carried on till till I was about 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 20 carried on for a while um, and it was only last year that I then started to think about performing it live or performing it to an audience. Wow. Um, at that point, I was terrified. I was like, I'm not sure <laughs> if I really want to do this, what are people going to say? Um, all, all those sorts of thoughts start going around in your head, especially in a community, an Indian community, where young mm. girls don't, don't do these things and don't get up on stage and pour their heart out about things that matter to them. Um, so at that point I was just really terrified about whether or not I was going to do it. Um, and then last year, um, I was finishing my master's, um, in gender studies and, um, during, during my master's, I had to do a research paper, which I decided to do on female infanticide, Hmm. um, which is defined as killing a baby girl within one year of her birth. And I, was researching this specifically in Punjab and why it's still continuing in Punjab today 
Um, and because I come from a his- history background, I did my undergrad in history and then my MA in gender studies. I kind of looked at the issue from a historical perspective and see to see how it's kind of continued through history um, from the colonial period into the present day and, and how it's continuing to get worse today because of female feticide um, and sex selective abortions. So that's kind of what my research consisted of. And I spent most of last year doing that and living in the British library for <laughs> summer <laughs> and writing that. And, um, and by the end of it, I was really, really proud of what I'd produced and kind of shocked and amazed by what I found by the end of it and the kind of stories that I found and the narrative that kind of came out of it was just something I was like, people need to know this is still happening and people need to know what's been happening for years. Um, and I really need to get this out there and question why is some preference still happening in Punjab um, and, and across India and most most other Eastern countries. Um, but then I realised, I was like, <laughs> not everyone's got time to read a 20,000-word paper. I knew, I knew <laughs> that that wasn't going to happen. So I was like, okay, how can I get this out to the world in a way that is more accessible to all people? Mm. And then I thought, okay, let me create this into a poem. Because um, I've been doing it for years. I, I kind of created like a, my stance on how I write my poetry by that point. And I was like, okay, so let me write into a poem. Um, so then I produced a poem called Queens and Corpses, um, which was actually the first poem that I performed live um, at an event last year called Saffron Mike. Amazing. And yeah, that, 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 from that moment, from, from that day that I performed that poem, everything completely changed for me. And since that time, it was this time last year in November, it's kind of just been a whirlwind since then. Um, and I performed it that night and the effect that it had on that audience and then to those then that it got passed on to and kind of then started to share my stuff online and those sorts of things. And then the YouTube channel and all the other social media stuff, um, it started to then reach people in India, Australia, wow. Canada, America. Like I did not expect my work to kind of spread that far. Um, And it was at that point I really recognised the power of social media. Like we live in an age where you can say something and it will reach the other side of the world. Um, And I was like, okay, I'm now in a position where people are interested to read my stuff and hear my stuff. So let me continue to share it. Um, So that was kind of where it all began and then kind of reached uh, to the point where I'm at right now and the point that it started kind of last year. And that's when I started sharing it with the world. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. (laughs) The power of just trusting your inner voice and not allowing anyone to to kind of push you away just shows how powerful it is to be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's one of the key things I kind of try to reiterate in my poetry and and to my students as well. I'm I'm a history teacher by day. Um, (laughs) It's funny when I say that because it sounds like a strange superhero. Like, I'm a history teacher by day and a poet by night. It sounds like like you wear two different capes. I'm I'm a secondary school teacher um, at a school in central London. Hmm. And I think that's something I try and emphasise to my students every day as well, that I don't want them to feel afraid to be their authentic self, no matter what that is. And growing up in an age where... It, it, it's scary social media is influencing everything that they do everything that they see 
um, from body image all the way to sexual orientation to um, to yeah, it's just affecting them in so so many different ways. So that's something I try and emphasize to them as well every day that do not be afraid to be who you truly are. Um, because if I kept doing that, if I was afraid to be who I truly am and was afraid to share my thoughts, then all these stories that I've been sharing over this last year I could have never done. And to be honest, the the messages, the emails, the people that have really been impacted by my poetry and kind of the words that I'm sharing out there, if, if I didn't have that effect, that thought to me right now is really scary that I couldn't, it could have been a point where I never did any of this and then never had this effect. And that's why it's so important to be who you truly are and not be afraid of that. Hmm. It's interesting hmm. you say that because there's one thing I've always thought in my head and it's something <laughs> myself, like I changed my whole life around about three and a half years ago. I was a very different person. I it's another story which I will tell you another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of anger and bitter and kind of like yourself, I released it through words. Um, I started writing loads of quotes and I, I couldn't explain where they were coming from. However, yeah. that sense of release and understanding, other people started to connect to it. Mm. And one thing I realised as well was that life is too short. Like a lot of people die with ideas inside them and they go to the graveyard or they, you know, they pass away, yet they've left that, gift inside when really they should be sharing that with the world because that is what they were given to do in this world that that alone is terrifying that people could live their whole lives not showing who they truly are releasing who they truly are there's especially at a point in time where us as women are in a position where we are able to do that if we go back in history and look at women who would have been killed or persecuted for um sharing their opinion um, so they never did there's so many books and um, novels and plays and poetry that was never released by women because they couldn't and because of the society that they were in um, or, or there's enough examples of women who had to change their names to men's name names on their work and then publish it um, yeah. we're now in a position where we don't have to be afraid of that we shouldn't we shouldn't be um, even though there definitely are constraints in our society that are telling women that they shouldn't have a voice, um, we, we shouldn't be stopped anymore. Mm. Um, especially it's... coming from a from an Indian community that, that that is still keeping women in a position of being inferior to men and mm. not sharing their voice as much. Um, we shouldn't be afraid of that anymore. Mm. So why yeah. is it? Why is it that? Obviously, you know, you were saying about when you did your research about um, Asian people. Um, mm -hmm. Why is it that gender discrimination is so important to you personally? I think for me personally, it's, it's something I was discussing earlier this week. I was on panel for a discussion on faith and feminism earlier this week. Mm. And we were talking about whether or not faith and feminism can be intersectional. or Do they need to be treated as separate spheres? Um, and I was kind of talking about it from a Sikh perspective. Mm. Um, and by definition, you could call Sikhism a, a, a feminist religion, if you want to call it that, because essentially mm. the ideologies of the Sikh religion are one of equality. Um, it is a religion that says from the very outset that a man and woman are equal. Very true. Um, our, our first guru was telling us that um, from a woman, a man is bound. So why call her bad? Um, from her kings are born and those sorts of things and I don't want to just pick out 
quotes in scriptures to kind of emphasize this point, but everything in our religion does say that a man and woman is equal. Mm. Um, so growing up in a religion that is saying that to me, um, and I, I guess I wasn't brought up as a, a strict Sikh. Um, my family obviously taught me about the Sikh religion and we kind of did the practices and those sorts of things, but I didn't really understand my own faith till I was about 20, 21, I guess. I started to look into it myself. Mm. Um, and that, at that point, I was looking at other religions as well. I was reading um, the Bible, the Quran, the Torah. I wanted to understand this world of faith and what it what it all means. Um, and for me, it was more of a spiritual journey. I wouldn't say it was me trying to find a religion. It was me trying to find myself. Um, and it was kind of a spiritual journey that I was on and I'm still on today. Um, and at that point, it was at the point I was doing my master's. So I was learning about gender theory. I was learning about feminism. And I was learning about the Sikh religion. And I was like, oh, these things are essentially the same. Then why am I living in a culture isn't doing the same thing? I'm yes. like, I, I just does what doesn't make sense to me, um, and it's because we live in a culture that still teaches us that some preference is correct. That the fact that a son will carry on your family name, mm. um, daughters are still being seen as financial burdens within families. Um, even though we might not still do this kind of idea of a dowry, we are still doing essentially similar things to that. Hmm. Um, so all these things are still continuing. So that that mindset at the back of everyone's minds is that a daughter is different to a son. Um, and as much as people are trying to argue, oh, no, no, I treat my daughter and my son the same. At the end of the day, if you ask whether you let your son out every Friday night or whether you let your daughter out every Friday night, there will be a difference on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. so it, was, it was this kind of struggle I was trying to get, get past about, I, I, I believe in a religion that says this, but the, the culture isn't allowing that to be practiced. Mm. Um so yeah, it was it was that struggle that I'm still trying to f- figure out today, and um, it's that's why I feel it's so important. That I share share my poetry, a lot of which is about um, g- gender discrimination. A lot of it is about abuse. A lot of it is about domestic violence, um, victim blaming, and all these issues to do with gender inequality. Um, because I feel not only our community but a wider community, because these things affect everybody. Um, it's something that we definitely need to talk about and not be afraid of anymore. Mm. Um, and all, all these issues, be it domestic violence, be it victim blaming, be it um, forced arranged marriages, mm. they're all th- to, taboo subjects that we are told not to speak about. Yes. Um, and kind of, mm. kind of keep it keep it undercover. But no, I, I don't want that to be the case anymore. Yeah, it's hidden under the carpet. Even mm. um, for myself, growing up, I remember certain situation scenarios and people would never talk about it within our community mm. it was just you just don't talk about it it's just like oh so and so has done this and then that's it yeah but it's not yeah. why has that happened how can we make a change it's just like well this is how it is and this is what we've always done mm. and I think a lot of that is the fact that when anyone does talk about these situations be it abuse or mm. divorce or, or all these things it's the a lot of the blame and a lot of talk then falls on the victim yes rather than the perpetrators yeah so we don't look at the system that's allowed this to happen we haven't looked at why is it that the man feels that they can abuse a woman why is it that that 
we blame girls for oh why were you out so late or why were you wearing those clothes or or did you leave them on rather than asking the question where it should be directed Mm. Um, and if we keep continuing the system of blaming a victim rather than talking about the perpetrators or a system that is allowing this to happen then this cycle is just going to continue and that just scares me Mm. it's also kind of I'm a few years ago my dear I did a documentary about men with eating disorders Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting hearing from a male's perspective about eating disorders because again Mm. we are judging it and we're basing it that only women get eating disorders however Mm. men do get it too and within the Asian community there are a lot of young men with eating disorders yeah um I think this is actually a topic I spoke about earlier this year Mm. um during the summer about the, the, the stigma attached to men's mental health yeah. and talking about mental health and I was looking at statistics about um, how many suicides have increased in the last three to four years um, especially between the ages of like 30 to 45 mm. of um, men that are, are suffering with issues to do with mental health be that anxiety eating disorders depression um, and it's now leading to an increase in suicides because it, it, it is that idea of the stigma attached to talking about mental health. And th- this all fits in to gender discrimination. I think people assume when I talk about feminism and gender discrimination, people jump to the idea of, okay, this is just talking about women, but this isn't just a women's issue. Like you were saying, this is because men are being taught that they need to be strong, that they need to be masculine, that we tell our sons that they shouldn't cry and shouldn't act like a girl and all those sorts of things. We tell boys that from a very, very young age. Mm. So when it does get to a point where they're suffering from eating disorders or, or other issues, they're afraid to talk about it because they've been told they never can. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that, 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 this issue is something I'm really, really passionate about, about we need to remove the stigma attached to mental health. Um, to do with men and women Um, so people are able to talk about it and are able to ask for help it's also they suffer in silence and actually I personally went through an eating disorder a few years ago however I didn't actually know I had an eating disorder because at the time there wasn't that much information and then suddenly Mm. it came out in the media limelight however within ethnic minorities it's still shunned upon if you have an eating disorder if you've got a mental health problem Mm. like we were saying it's hidden behind the carpet however we can't make a change if we don't mm. actually talk about it and express about it and actually have role models saying that, look, I've been through this, you can mm. get through it too. Mm. I think that was something I was very, very afraid to talk about over this last year. Mm. Um, obviously, when I started writing this poetry and, and releasing it and um, performing it live, it then got to a point where I had to admit to myself whether I wanted to talk about my own issues with uh, mental health growing up. Wow. Um, because one of the main reasons I started writing poetry when I was young is because I suffered from pretty severe anxiety and panic attacks Mm. um, and also went through pretty severe waves of depression growing up as well. Mm. Um, And yeah, at that point, I didn't understand what was happening to me. I didn't actually, I didn't know what an anxiety attack was. Um, I didn't really know what depression was. I kind of just thought this is something everyone goes through and kind of released it in my poetry because I didn't know who to talk to about it I was afraid if I did talk to people about it they they will label you label you as crazy and those sorts of things um and so it's only a a conversation I've started to have with myself and to those around me 
Um, my family are very supportive about, about my anxiety. Um, and people find it funny because they're like, well, you, you get on stage and you perform in front of hundreds <laughs> of people on a daily basis on the front of classes, um, which is essentially an audience. You are acting yeah. in front of them all day. Um, but I do still, I'm still battling with my journey with anxiety and those sorts of things. But it, it is something that I now am beginning to understand. But for years, I never spoke about. Um, because yeah, I didn't really know what it was. That's similar to you that you didn't know that you had it. Mm. It's well, it's interesting you're saying this about depression because I personally did as well. I suffered from it um, as well. I there's a lot of other stuff as well. Um, however, one thing I've realised, and having a lot of people on the show, I've seen a similar pattern, my dear, when they've transformed their lives around. And mm. what it is is everyone has gone through depression or a low point in their life. However, that was the turning point for them to become the person they're supposed to be. Absolutely. Mm. It's almost like how can I put it? Um, like, they see the outer world, they're not happy with the outer world, and so they mm. start to feel insecure or, or low within themselves, when really it's almost there's an enlightenment happening and it's it's mm. for their purpose to shine through. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think that's it. That's absolutely what it was. I got to a point where I wanted to make a change within myself and I wanted to make a change to the world around me. Mm. Um a teaching is definitely one of the ways I knew I could do that. Since about the age of about 17, I, I realised I wanted to be a teacher um, because one teacher, when I was at school, um, kind of picked up on the anxiety and picked up on a lot of things that I was going on, that was going on back then. Um, I was pretty badly bullied back in school as well. Um, during year seven, eight and nine, went through a really bad period then. And yeah, it was a teacher in year 11 she was my sociology teacher who realized this was all happening and I was kind of in a rebellious stage at that point as well I didn't really care about school didn't want to do well in school and all those sorts of things and she was like Jasper you you need to kind of fix what's going on now because you are going to waste all the potential that you have Um, and it's that one teacher that completely changed my life around back then so it was from that point onwards that I knew okay I want to be a teacher because wow. I, I, I thought if that one teacher could have that impact on me, if I can do that to somebody else, um, then that, that, that will make my life. That, that will make me realise what I'm here for. Um, so that was one journey I was taking to kind of, kind of understand what I was going through and to help the world around me. And then poetry was another way as well. So whilst I was trying to deal with these issues of anxiety and depression whilst I was at uni, um, was trying to get on this journey to teaching and those sorts of things and then last year when I thought okay now I am just starting to fix myself but how can I now do more for the world how can I help those around me and um, how can I change the things I can see around me that are hurting me inwardly um, and my poetry was the way to do that and spoken word poetry is meant to be spoken aloud it's meant to be heard um, and that was a way of me dealing with my own issues and all the issues I was seeing around me in the world as well. Wow. Wow. Um, You're very inspiring. I don't think you realise that. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> it, but it's so true, though, having young people there. You're allowing, you're helping them to transform their lives at a young age so they won't go through what you've gone through. It, that's it. it yeah, it's exactly it. 
Um, if I spot anything from like the early stages of that point, or even if there's there's nothing going on with them, but if I'm just reinforcing this idea of they are they are powerful, they are intelligent, they yes. are beautiful, regardless of what people tell them. Yes. If I'm trying to reinforce these ideals in them every single day, and by teaching them history, teaching them the importance of history and the importance of learning about the world around us and learning about other people's cultures and not being ignorant. If I'm teaching them all these things, then hopefully they can project this out into the world, that they are our future generation, that that there are hope for what's going to happen. Um, So if I'm able to kind of feed them those things, then hopefully they'll let them grow. You definitely are. You are already doing that, my dear. And I can see that within just not only just the way you're speaking, but also through your videos, the passion that's there. It's yeah. it's very raw and it's unique. And, you know, to any young person there at the age of 12 or 13 that would see that, they'll see that actually, do you know what? I can see myself in her and actually I can be the change, whether it's for my community, whether it's for my family, whether it's just for me in person, I can do that. hearing that no after after a term of when this term basically the the winter term coming up is probably one of the most difficult terms for teachers ask any teacher they will be literally scraping themselves to christmas right now (laughs) (laughs) and it says marking reports events exams all 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 this all this sort of stuff but then hearing those words you just said just kind of like you realize what you're doing this all for yeah. Uh, it just makes it all worth it <laughs> it's, for the, it's for the greater purpose it's for the greater mm. good and it is I understand I, I I'm personally not a teacher however I do teach young people over the summer sometimes autumn time um within media um yeah. and I do motivational speeches uh in schools and I can see the stress that teachers have <laughs> <laughs> I just, all over them. yeah I just walk in and do my thing I walk out whereas mm. you guys you have all the backlog of everything however (laughs) despite that you see a lot of the young people are very passionate and they're very that they see inspiration within some of their teachers just to let you know and Mm. I can see that the way I talk to them and they're like this person's inspired me they believe in me and for you to believe in your students that is the most powerful gift you can give at that age Mm -hmm. because absolutely they they might not be getting that at home that you know we don't know someone's family background or what's going on and just by you being there and giving them that power and giving mm. them that belief, you're going to change their life forever. They will remember you. Mm. That's it. I think a lot of this is, especially for teachers, and we're dealing with with kids who might be going through difficult situations or they we might not know about it, but they are maybe a little bit cheeky or a bit rebellious <laughs> for those sorts of students. And you're like, okay, well, what's going on? And then if you look at some of the underlying issues, it might just be that they're not getting attention somewhere else. It might just be that um, they're not getting the affection that they need or they're not getting the support or encouragement that they need. Um, and uh, us teachers, we're with them most of the day. We're with them for six, seven hours a day, maybe more. Um, so we, 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 we are in a position where we can have a huge impact on their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's so important that teachers go into teaching not solely as a career. Like I don't call this a career choice. I call this a way of life. This was a life choice for me to become a teacher because this is my everyday now. Um, when I'm at school, when I'm at home, all I think about is is teaching. Um, and essentially my poetry is doing the same thing. It is, it is educating people. It is inspiring people. That, that's what I'm trying to do in my everyday. And that's why it's so important that 
it hurts when people say oh my backup choice will be teaching because it's like no 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 (laughs) do not do that as a backup choice (laughs) and the kids do not deserve that either this is not a backup choice this should be a life choice that you want to take no it's very true and you can see that in schools anyway I remember when I was in school you could tell the difference between a teacher who was passionate about helping and a teacher who just was there for the money it's so obvious And it, it comes up through the grades as well with the young people. Mm. It, it's so obvious. And if you're passionate, the grades will rise because you, you're you willing to spend that time with them. You're willing to change their lives. And to them, that means so much more that they'll be willing to put the effort in. Mm, that's it. Um, and at the end of the day, like we we're talking about role models and those sort of things, you are their role model. So if you are working hard, mm. if you're punctual, if you're showing them the kind of characteristics that you want them to have too. Mm. Um, That's so, so important. That's why it's really important that teachers are that passionate and willing to do everything they can because then the kids will do the same. Absolutely, my dear. So Mm. I'm going to ask you for a cheeky favour, if it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you recite some of uh, your poetry? Of course. Um, We've spoken about quite a few themes today, so I'm not sure which kind of poetry you'd like to hear would you like something related to gender or it could be mental health um I would say mental health because I think that's very it's a very powerful topic okay and it I can definitely see that some of the the listeners will be able to relate to that so okay and it relates to both of us because we've both been through it (laughs) yeah sure okay um so this was a piece I wrote earlier this year um and it kind of emphasizes my journey with anxiety and with depression and kind of the journey I'm going on with with spirituality and I guess obviously not everybody can relate to that and this idea of religion but I want to step away from that for a moment but this idea of finding ourselves Mm. um, and how important that is to kind of get over anxiety and depression and understand that Um, so this is a poem called Finding Peace. Amazing. (laughs) piece by piece I tried to piece together the pieces to find my peace please hear my thank you for putting my mind at ease it was only at the point when I was down on my knees that I came searching for you too blind to see that you were always there always near absorbing every tear you would hear the nights that I would cry myself to sleep and you stretched out your open arms I was swerving the loss of control the bleeding from my aching soul in the darkness all alone and anxiety that would strangle my throat and tighten my chest all whilst I was fighting my own spiritual conquest but In time, I could breathe. I felt the air filling up my lungs when I said those three sounds while here, guru. I let those sounds vibrate through me, shaking off the pain with the roar of your name. The only thing that got me through was you. I begged, I pleaded, I cried, and now I thank you. I refuse to go back there. Falling into the fog, a pit of blackness that would swallow me whole. My head was spinning, my faith was spinning, but now silk flows with the sound of your name. You calm the destruction and chaos in my mind, and in time I would find that you would settle the storm. Guide me out of the cold and into the warm, helping me transform, and now I am under the sun.
I'm blooming like wildflowers, reaching for the sky. I'm reaching for your lights. Now my skin and bones have a purpose knowing you have created them. You've coloured and shaded them. You have brought me to life. You told me patience, share me, release and let go of that negative energy. And now I no longer speak alone within my soliloquy. You listen. You are my audience, my perspective, so that I am reflective, so that I learn how to do my seva and always give, so that I learn how to heal, not forget, but always forgive. Oh, God. Allah, you, Radhane, who, Rab, Satnam, Lord, Jesus, Brahman, Shiva, Vishnu, Rahi, Guru, call it what you may. I promise to wake with you and thought in my mind and sleep with your name on my lips, unattached unaided, devoted to a ultimate love. I realise that us warriors, we all need senseis, something to help guide our minds, our souls, and not just sword play. I mean, planting seeds to nurture our minds, but we need to find our teachers. I mean, words that flow truth, not just scripture preachers, be that a father, a mother, a friend, or my gurus, a love that will resurrect me from the ashes, help heal my bruises. Pain is only as real as you let it be. Pain only lasts as long as you let it feed and grow, wrap around you like weeds, suffocating and ill-hating. We shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness, it is a sign of strength for you to know how to repair back to your solidity. You were never broken. You had just melted from all that fire, hurt and humidity. And now I am both fire and water. You have made me such a powerful force to be reckoned with. A warrior. We are all on a journey to find whatever brings us peace till we find out what will bring us ease, till we grow wings from our spines that let us soar through electric skies with wider eyes till we reach those higher realms. You made shaking numb hands feel like swords of steel and now I'm invincible. I know I'm here to do great things, to conquer, to teach, to empower. I have love to be showered, but... Now I understand that before I can conquer, I have to piece by piece try to piece together the pieces to find my peace. Thank you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was amazing, my dear. Wow. I'm, I was just so lost in the words and I have goosebumps. If only you could see me right now. Wow. Oh, bless you. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I know, it's so much emotion in that poem. Every time I read it to the end, I'm like, get to the end, hold back any any tears, anything like that, just get to the end. Um, yeah, because it is it's a lot in that piece that I, I felt for a, a long, long time. Because I can feel your energy. As when you're talking, I can feel you and I, like in, in that moment. When you're in that moment, I can feel that situation where you were there and mm. living in that moment with you and how you're feeling. And that mm. is very powerful, my dear. I don't think you realise how talented you are. Bless you. <laughs> you are going forward, my dear, bigger than you actually even imagine. I, I just see it because for me, it's very hard, and many people on the show know, for me to have goosebumps on my arms. That's that's right. very hard. So 
Yeah. <laughs> I think we're, we're miles away from each other, but I feel it here. <laughs> Bless you, my dear. Oh, wow. I could listen to you for hours. When is, you know, um, when is your next event or uh, where are you next? Um, well, yeah, performing? I've got two shows coming up actually in this coming week. So this Tuesday I'm performing in Shoreditch at Box Park. Amazing. Um, it's an event called Boxed In where spoken word artists um, share their work and there's an open mic if anyone wants to come share their own work um, but I'll be one of the performers later on in the light in, in the night so that's in Shoreditch in Box Park on Tuesday night um, and then I'm performing at Oxford University next Saturday amazing um, for an event that's kind of discussing this idea of Sikh identity mm. um, so it's an event that's taking place for the whole day um, at Oxford University on Saturday um, and I'll be speaking there for an hour, which I'm a little bit scared about. I'm like, oh, I'm talking for an hour. So I'll be sharing um, kind of similar to what we were speaking about today, about my journey with poetry and kind of bringing it to the point of, of where I'm at today. Um, so I'll be reciting quite a few pieces that day and kind of sharing my journey as well. Amazing. So those oh. two events are this week. <laughs> Guys, do check out Jess Breet. Um Where can my listeners find you? Um, so we can find me on Tumblr, which is the main place that I share all the work. So that's behind the Netra, N-E-T-R-A. Um, and I'm on Twitter, Instagram under that name as well. So behind the Netra um, and on YouTube as well. So I've got my videos um, there as well. Perfect, my lovely. And we are coming towards the end of the show. I would love to just listen to, <laughs> to more poetry. Right. I like, <laughs> oh dear. There's a sign. Maybe you need to do some recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you a quick question. What are your five top tips for someone who's trying to express themselves through their words, but they're not really sure where to start? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I can do five top tips, but let me kind of... I. I, what I usually say to people that do want to share their own poetry or start writing poetry and those sorts of things is first of all be true to yourself mm. kind of the message we were speaking about earlier today that no matter what you do with, with your writing make sure it's true to yourself so whatever message you want to get out there just release that um, and that kind of brings me on to the second point of people find it difficult to they think that poetry needs to be flowery and pretty and all these sorts of things I tell people to step away and not to worry about all those things about oh how do you make yours rhyme or the flow those sorts of things that's definitely a part of it but that comes later on I feel what you first need to do is just get your thoughts out (laughs) you can write it by hand a lot of my poetry I do write by hand or you can type it or whatever just get it out on a piece of paper um, and then worry about if you want to then alter it for it to be um, m- m- more poetic in, in that sort of sense. Um, and then if it's a message you want to then share with the world, like what I was saying, saying earlier about my kind of journey, mm-hmm. n- not to be afraid to do that. Because if you have been that honest to kind of release it and get to that point, then don't be afraid to share it. Um, because you you never know what impact you can make. That it could be one person who is going through such a rough time, and they could read your poem, and you could have made such a difference to their life. And that is the power of words. So not to be afraid to release it, um, and to be resilient. 
I think that would probably be my fourth thing to say to you will you will get hit backs, especially as a well from my journey as a young woman in 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 the community that mm. I, I am seen as doing something kind of out of the box. And <laughs> as much as I get lovely, lovely, lovely supportive people, I then get the other end of the spectrum of people telling me to not share what I'm doing and to stop what I'm doing yeah. and question everything I'm doing. And I get some horrible messages too. Oh. Um, but it is. It does come a place from a place of ignorance. They don't understand about a lot of the topics that I'm talking about, or, or refuse to change some of the things that I might be talking about. So be resilient. Keep going, even if people are trying to knock you down. Um, and uh, I guess, I guess the last thing is kind of coming back to the first thing about um, be proud of yourself. I think that's something we don't do enough. I don't think we praise ourselves enough for everything we do. Um, I think that goes for people in all fields, not even just in, in poetry and in the arts. I think people don't acknowledge what they're doing. Um, so kind of take time to reflect. I think that's pretty important as well. Take time to reflect on the journey you're on and the things you have achieved and, and be proud of that absolutely amazing five top tips thank you my dear it's been an absolute pleasure having the show i'm definitely going to have you back <laughs> amazing um, thank you so much for having me on it's been it's been wonderful having our having our talk about everything Bless you. No, it's been my pleasure absolutely loved it um i'm still lost for words <laughs> <laughs> i'm guessing that doesn't happen a lot no <laughs> I think both of us are, are, are quite the talkers, so when that happens, that that's good. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you again. It's it's just been an absolute pleasure having you. Um, definitely having you back, and definitely we'll speak to you soon. So yeah, thank you. Have a wonderful evening, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. What an amazing interview with Jaspery. Wow, thank you so much, my dear, just for being this positive energy and showing that it's so important to, to unveil yourself through your words and through your emotions because we all have a unique story and we all have stories to share. You know, if we all shared our story, we'd be able to change and empower lives to another level. Um, but guys, do check out Jaspreet's events that are coming up soon. Unfortunately, it is the end of the show. Um, before um, I head off, you can find me on Twitter at IamGurds. It's I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S. You can also find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with Gerds, where I'll be bringing you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes and videos just to make you feel empowered and be the best version of yourself. Also, you can check out my book on Amazon called Educo. It's E-D-U-C-O, and it's 52 Quotes for Leading a Better Life. And this week, I want to leave you with this quote. Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Just have a think about that and I'll speak to you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay inspired. Stay inspired.